Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, Dolly. So guess what? What? It's Valentine's coming up oh, tomorrow. I have a special Valentine's Day treat for you. Oh, okay. I can't wait. Well, I have an idea. Okay. Of how we can celebrate. All right. We can each pick a song lyric to read as a poem to the other person. Oh, I like that idea. Okay. So I picked one for you. Okay. And um, do you have one maybe in mind that I could read to you? Yes, yes. Okay. Here, I've put it up on my computer. Why don't you... Read it. Yeah, read it. Don't sing it. Just read it. No, I'm not going to sing it. My gosh, no, I have no good singing voice. Okay. So I'm going to read these lyrics, and at the end, I'm going to say who the songwriters are. Okay. To lead a better life, I need my love to be here. Here, making each day of the year. Changing my life with a wave of her hand. Nobody can deny that there's something there. There, running my hands through her hair. Both of us thinking how good it can be. Someone is speaking, but she doesn't know he's there. I want her everywhere. And if she's beside me, I know I need never care. But to love her is to need her everywhere. Knowing that love is to share, each one believing that love never dies, watching their eyes and hoping I'm always there. I want her everywhere, and if she's beside me, I know I need never care. But to love her is to need her everywhere. And that song was written by John Winston Lennon and Paul James McCartney. Sweet. That's one of my favorites. I know. You have tears in your eyes, honey bun. Well, it reminds me of you. And there's a lyric that you know also reminds me of you. But this is the lyric you chose. This is what I chose for you to read to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> Very poetic. I'm all verklempt. I know. You have to get uncryy from my poem. <laughs> so tight. So fly. You got me lifted. You got me lifted. You got me lifted, shifted higher than a ceiling, and ooh-wee, it's the ultimate feeling. You got me lifted, feeling so gifted. Sugar, how you get so fly. Sugar, 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 sugar, how you get so fly. You know it's leather when we ride wood grain and rawhide, doing what we do, watching screens getting high. Girl, you keep it so fly with your sweet honey buns. You was there when the money was gone. You'll be there when the money comes. Off top, I can't lie. I love to get blown. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. You've never read this before. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's the first time. I can't even keep a straight face. Okay, go ahead. You set me up. 
<laughs> you my little sugar, I'm your little chulo, and every time we kick it, it's off to the groovy. Treat you like my sticky icky or my sweet ooey gooey. For real, though. You got me lifted, shifted higher than a ceiling, and ooey, it's the ultimate feeling. You got me... <laughs> You got me lifted, feeling so gifted, sugar, how you get so fly. <laughs> and read who's, who wrote that. Well, let's see. This is a super long lyrics. Yeah. And it is by Nathan Perez, Francisco Batista, and Ronald Bryant. Oh, my God. And it's one of my all-time favorite songs. Oh sugar, my. how you get so fly. Now, I want to make sure we give credit to the publisher. It's Latino Velvet Limited. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Oh Well, this is a great opening to the rest of our show today. <laughs> and we've got more fun chat ahead. I, I'm just trying to make sure I understand the lyrics of this song. Is this something about a snowblower? No. Oh. <laughs> You're silly. <laughs> well, it's kind of cold out. We've got snow all this over the place. This is not about a snowblower, honey. Okay. It's about how fly I am. You are fly. Yeah, all right. Hold on for more. Stay tuned. We'll um, be back. Um... So, Denbo, tell me a story about the first time you had a crush on somebody. Well, I'm... I'm pretty sure at the beginning I was uh, had a crush on my grandmas and on my mom, but when I went to school, probably around kindergarten or first grade was probably the first crush, and I ultimately think I loved just about every girl in my class. You know, it was always unrequited love because I never really dated any of those girls that were in school with me, but there was one girl right around kindergarten or first grade, and her name was Diane. She had long red hair. She was very cute. And, of course, all girls in first grade are cute, right? But at a certain stage, we had something going on, and it might have been my first Valentine's Day at school. You know, the old tradition of cutting out all these Valentines off of a sheet and filling one out for everybody in the class and trying to think of something nice to say without being too mushy. And so I gave her a handmade leather wallet or coin purse. I don't remember the details because, again, I was very young. But I thought, well, this is a symbol. This is a sign that I really like her, and maybe she will really like me back. So there was some desire to escalate, but it never went anywhere. And so take a long succession of girls in the class that I was sweet on, and then at a certain stage, it was Halloween time, and I went to visit, all dressed up in my Superman costume, to visit one of the other girls I was sweet on, Gail. And as I show up at the door... The door opens at Gail's house, and guess who's there but Diane is opening the door. And she looks at me in my full Superman costume, and she says, Hi, Dennis. <laughs> and so I was crestfallen at that, and I said, How did you know it was me? And she says, Your chin isn't covered. <laughs> she recognized me by my chin. 
So this rekindled my hope that maybe this would go somewhere, and it never did. Um, junior year, I was out working in our yard south of town, and as I'm working, I notice a car coming up the road, coming down the road, I guess it's going south, and suddenly she pulls in the driveway, and it's Diane, and I'm saying, okay, finally, my time has come. Because it was prom time, and she wasn't coming to ask me or coming to ask me to ask her. She wasn't coming to pledge unrequited love, because at that stage, I thought she really loved this guy that was older than us in another class. And it turns out she was there to get, uh, Diane was there to get me to ask another girl to the prom who did not have a date yet. And this was the one girl I can recall that I just had zero interest in. I didn't know her that well, didn't really like what I saw of her, and so she was off limits as far as I was concerned. So my chance passed again when it came 20 years later, our 20th class reunion, Guess who's there? Still got long red hair, very attractive lady, and smart as always. She's one of the smartest people in our class. And she's a successful executive for some gas and oil company. And she sees me and she says, Dennis, I want to tell you that I still have that wallet that you gave me way back when. Cute? Well, I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, maybe if I ever got divorced from uh, Darlene, that maybe Diane would be available and maybe this unrequited love would be requited. How cute. That's a sweet story, Denbo. Well, it's just the way it was, as best I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me another story about when you were a little bit older and you had a girlfriend. Well, who I would consider my first real girlfriend, because it lasted long enough that we got married, was as a senior in high school, I started to date this girl from church. She went to another school, another high school, but um, as I made my connections at church, made my arrangements, I got clearance, so to speak, from my folks. It was a Saturday night. And I'm on my way out the door. I'm all dressed up to go out on a date. And I think we were going to a movie. And as I'm zipping by these four or five steps down to the basement, there's my dad sitting at the workbench, shining shoes, which is his Saturday night tradition. And he says, hey, come here. And, and I'm like, I had the garage door open. So I shut the door. I turned to my right and I looked down the stairs and I put my hands up on the ceiling. I don't go down the stairs to where he is because I know I'm running late to go get my date. And he says, hey, he says, what do you know about sex? <laughs> it, which completely threw me because I didn't realize we were going to have that talk as I'm going out to have a date with this girl who was really cute, really cute. And I and she kind of liked me, and so <laughs> she had dark brown eyes, kind of almond shaped eyes. She looked like she could have been 
partially Asian, um, and her her maiden name was Lee. So I said, oh, maybe she's got a little Asian, but she's really cute. So I wanted to go out with her, and my dad's now asking me about the birds and the bees, and I thought he was supposed to be telling me about it, and he's asking me about it. So as he says, what do you know about sex? And as I'm leaning over, kind of my feet are on the top step, my hands are keeping me from falling down the stairs. I said, well, I know what not to do. And he says, that's okay. He says, you go out and have a good time. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and honestly... Talk about an uncomfortable moment. Oh, totally uncomfortable. And honestly... Everything I knew about sex, I had learned from my mom because, <laughs> because like two or three years earlier, she bought me a book that came from Ann Landers, Everything <laughs> Teenagers Need to Know About Sex That's or About is. Heavy Petting, whatever that was. <laughs> and she never really described it. I liked it because, hey, this heavy petting sounds pretty good, but what is it? Oh, no. So... <laughs> Anyways, this was my introduction to sex, and of course, at a certain stage, like the next day, I went out in the morning, and this was Sunday morning, getting ready to go to church, and I noticed that my dad had written with a pencil on a kind of uh, flat spot on the mirror that was on the visor on the passenger side, that he had written the mileage of the car on, and I I didn't go anywhere that I didn't say I would go, but I knew that my dad had done that because I recognized his printing was very precise. He had the same drafting teacher that I did in high school. <laughs> so long story short, when I had my second date with Miss Diane, I that's the first thing I checked is what mileage did he have written on there and, of course, the second date, we were going to go some other places. So I made sure that I adjusted the mileage. <laughs> on the visor. On the visor. I I did that for the entire time that I was living at home and using Dad's car. Oh, my. You are naughty. Well, the erasure was not the naughty part. <laughs> well, it's the idea that kids, once they get in the car, they want total freedom. And you don't just go to the here or there. You go out and you drive around. Like, yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, my friends and I would go out, get in the car, and we'd drive around for hours. Yeah. And that's pretty much what um, Diane and I would do, is we'd cruise the Strip. And, of course, the Strip in Midland was not a straight east and west, north and south, it was a diagonal, so you were going to go far to go a little distance. And of course there was a circle in Midland at that time, so you could drive a few times around the circle and see how fast you could go without tipping the car over and without running anybody off the road. So, you know, there were lots of fun things to do without uh, heavy petting, but we had... <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I, I just still can't quite come to grips with what just exactly... It's probably on Wikipedia. I got to look that up. <laughs> yeah, now there is Wikipedia. You don't have to go to the library. I used to get on the bus and go go to the public library in downtown Lansing and just pour through the encyclopedias because you could learn a lot from encyclopedias and oh, yes. National Geographic magazines. Well, we had National Ge Geographic at my grandparents' house and, and the encyclopedias, and there were a few naked pictures in those too. 
I found every one of them and bent down the pages. <laughs> You're so silly. I, I figured thinking... they. I figured that my grandparents had already read them, and my parents knew everything in the world, so I was sure that they weren't going to be looking at them again. It was for me to learn from, so I marked down the pages I wanted to make sure I didn't forget. <laughs> that is funny. Okay, so fast forward then, Bo, to when you're an adult, and now you're divorced, and you're looking for the girl of your dreams, and you haven't found her yet. You're not sure if you found her yet. You're dating at this point, post-divorce. So tell me a story about a girl you dated after you were divorced. Well, let's see. I will go with the story about the lady that... uh, Let me make clear before I tell the story that I had been married for 24 years, and I didn't know crap about dating before I got married. So <laughs> I knew even less now because I'd forgotten what I'd learned so many years before. But in the process of moving into a new condo, I had this problem. I had these huge windows in my living room that faced south, and the sun beating in always made it hot. And Lois, you know better than anybody I sweat profusely. I like it cold or cool. And so I said, I got to make a trip somewhere to get shades that cover those big, tall windows because my living room was two stories high. And these windows were two stories high. So I started shopping, and at Lowe's, I found these um, Venetian blinds that were wood blinds that I thought would really complement the the curtains that I had, and they would block some of the light from coming in. So I got the idea that I should just replace, the, the, I'm sorry, not replace the curtains, install these shades all the way up. And, and uh, in the process, I went to Lowe's and found something that was wood slats. They looked really nice. They'd go with my color on the side of the window frames and so the lady was very helpful she also was uh, very attractive she was a little bit I'd say dated in her hairstyle she had kind of a one of those 1980s styles really poofy on top she didn't wear shoulder pads but she was attractive and she also was uh, well endowed So I said, you know, as all this ordering and the installation came up and she had somebody come over and measure for them, and in the process of all this back and forth, I decided I was getting to know her pretty well and I'd like to know her a little bit more. So I invited her out to lunch. And when she could get off lunch, we made a date and we met at a nearby Applebee's. And I don't remember what we had for lunch, but I can't forget what happened when we left. Because, you know, here I am in Lansing, a professional. I'm doing work with a variety of customers around Lansing, trying to always be professional in public and uh, hoping to be unprofessional in private. But, you know, again, I'm new at this dating game, though I'm getting older. And uh, so as we're leaving, I'm going to take her back to her work. And halfway across the parking lot, she grabs me 
and pulls me close and wants to kiss. And so, you know, I've never been one to reject a woman who wanted to kiss me, but it was kind of awkward because this was a first date and in the middle of the parking lot she wants to kiss me and then she whispers something, but not all that quiet because she didn't put her lips up against my ear or anything. But she says, I would like to F you right now. What? Yeah, that's kind of what... Well, yeah, and so I say, well, okay, she likes me, <laughs> but I said, oh, not now, not now. She says, well, I didn't mean now, but right now I would like to, and so I took her back to her work, and that was pretty much the end of it for that day, but the next day, she calls me up, and she says she's not doing anything. She wants to go over to a friend's house. She's got the afternoon off, and her friend is off for the afternoon, and she wants me to come with her to go to her girlfriend's house. So I'm thinking, okay, what's this all about? And she's she's like wanting to have sex with me one day, and the next day she wants me to go take her to her girlfriend's house. And I'm thinking, uh, this just doesn't sound right. Is this one of those menage a trois? situations <laughs> and so out of curiosity I said sure <laughs> <laughs> and oh so I picked her up so funny. <laughs> I picked her up yeah. and, and took her to this girlfriend's house where the girlfriend came out and we sat on the porch and drank iced tea for like two hours and they just talked about their work. And so I was um, kind of superficial there. I think she was, ultimately, I figured she was trying to show me off to her girlfriend, who was going to give her a yes or no approval. And after we had iced tea, she wanted me to come over to her house. So I said, well, okay, I'll see where this goes. And we go over to her house, and she's living in a concrete block house that looks like it might have been a garage at one time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it had, she said she needed a lawnmower because part of the rental agreement was she had to mow the lawn. And she wondered if I would help her mow the lawn. And I said, well, if your lawnmower works, sure. I'll, I want to go home and change because I won't mow the lawn and clothes that I wear on a date. So ultimately, as the blinds got installed and as my interest for her was waning, it it turned out we had another lunch date and she told me about her sorrowful problems. She had a brother that was a drug addict and uh, another brother that was um, mental and she used to... Well, that was her description, not yours. That was her description. And she had uh, previously been married to a guy that was in a motorcycle gang. And so the more she talked, the more I realized that this probably was not the kind of woman I would be interested in long term. So that was our last date. So that was that. That was that. And uh, sometime later, um, I happened to drop in at... 
Lowe's for something else. And I thought I would just look and see if she was there. I'd talk to her. And it turns out that she moved out to Arizona or New Mexico, someplace like that. So too so much drama. Too, too much drama for my Denbo. Too much the drama. The PDA in the parking lot is really what turned you off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, she was attractive, no question about it, but came on way too fast. And sometime not too long after that, I was talking to my dad because I I had just very recently been divorced. And we were up in Petoskey driving to some place that dad wanted to go. And he was asking me how it was going, if I was getting into dating and things like that. And I told him, I said, there is, you know, I told him about this incident. I said, I can't believe that a woman would be so forward. But I said, I have heard from some other guys that I communicate with that women are a lot more that way now than they used to be, <laughs> like 25 years ago. And I said, it's just, it's off-putting. And... He said, well, he says, did you take her up on her offer? <laughs> and I said, no, I did not. He and wanted I wanted to know. Yeah. Inquiring minds. Dad wants to know. He said, well, uh, what are your other prospects? I said, well, here's the thing. I just met a lady on the internet who is a beautiful person on the inside. We've been communicating by just typing messages back and forth. And I said, for the last several years that I've been unhappily married, I've been thinking that there must be at least one woman out there that is interested in meeting somebody like me. And I've tried my best to be honest with this woman about who I am and what I'm interested in and what I'm like. I said, I haven't seen her yet, but I can't wait to meet her. And it turns out that you are that woman. I am? You are. Oh, my goodness. I was uh, falling in love with you as to who you are before I ever saw a picture of you. Your words, the way you communicated with me in your typing. Um, I was a lively woman in my typing. You, you were a lively woman in your nonverbal communications. And ultimately... I had a chance to tell you I couldn't keep up with your typing and begged you for your phone number, and you were curious enough to grant me that privilege, and it's all been uphill since then. <laughs> That's so funny, Denbo. I'm glad that you had a good outcome after the cashier. Well, I'm very grateful because it's changed my life. Mm -hmm. One other thing, part of that conversation with Dad... He says, well, I just want to make sure, he says, I'm afraid, deathly afraid, that you're going to go back to Darlene. Oh, no. <laughs> and I said, no way. I said, do you remember that verse in the Bible that talked about you should stay away from the things that do harm to you like a dog eats its own vomit? I said, I am not going to do that <laughs> Is again. that in the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> Don't return to your sins like a dog returns to its vomit. I've never known that that was in the Bible. Oh, yeah. I'll wow. have to look that up for you so you can find it. This is what I like about you, Denbo. You're multifaceted. Well. <laughs> You're funny. And you can see more of my facets. My pants are getting loose. 
<laughs> you are. You're getting skinny on me. Yeah. How much weight have you lost? Oh, I I don't know. I can tell you right the number, but it's been you bought, you lost like a, a few more pounds this week. Yeah, it's like a half a pound a day sometimes. And, and I lost a couple more pounds this week. Congratulations so I'm on it too. Well, we're in it together. We're both eating on this diet. We're eating lots of good fresh vegetables and fruits. And yes, we're having footlong floaters because of all the fiber. <laughs> all the fiber we're eating is making us healthier. Well, that's the theory. We'll yeah. have to keep at it and see if we can get a better result. Do you feel more energized? Oh, I do. I mean, I'm starting to dance. You are. You're dancing like every night now I see you do a little jig. So it's good, <laughs> Denvo. I like it. I'm glad. I'm liking, that, I'm liking it, it that you're feeling light on your feet. So here's the big question. Does it turn you on? Absolutely. Oh, good. Absolutely. Well, I just was thinking about all these wonderful romances that you've had. You know, I have a strict policy. I never talk about anybody else. I only talk about the person I'm with. So I, you know, I know it's probably like would be appropriate now for me to share some of my romance stories. Sure. No, because, you know. You learned a long time ago not to kiss and tell. That's right. That's right. Well, I do have some funny stories, though, that I could tell down the road. But, yeah, good stuff. So, anybody ever stuck a tongue in your ear? Yes, and it's so gross. I don't like it. It is gross. It's so gross. Like, ugh. Yeah. Nasty. Public displays of affection. Well, you do like that, actually, because we've been plenty of places together. If we were driving around in the car or the Chevy, you know, if you know, we've gone places... You have gotten kind of romantical in public. What about last summer when we were at that Crescent State Park over up in the Thumb? And you were getting all jiggy-jiggy on that platform at that place where the wetlands were. Oh, really? And nobody was there but us. And you were getting all handsy. Oh, really? And well, you were telling me. But that what did was, you say? You had Russian hands and Roman whatever? I, don't know, I what had Roman that? hands and Russian fingers. Exactly. Yes. You told me that. So you're funny. <laughs> I so heard one of my... You do like some of that little... But, yeah, but, but there was discreet. Different. I think it was discreet because there weren't a lot of people around us. It wasn't in the parking lot. It wasn't in the middle of the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, followed by provocative words. Yeah. Yeah. A tongue in the ear in the middle of the parking lot just... Nasty was the end of it. My my mental um, place that I was going was only extended by the possibility that she might be inviting me over for some fun with her girlfriend. Yeah, something I'd never experienced. Yeah, well, that's something you don't need to experience. Well, not that I've got you now. Well, you don't need to experience it even (laughs) if you didn't have me. So, well, you're more than enough. Yeah, I'm more than a handful. Well, you got that right. More than a mouthful, more than a handful. You're, you're really naughty. <laughs> Since we're talking about Valentine's Day and romances, you're naughty, naughty. All right, Dunbo. Well, this is super fun. <laughs> I enjoyed talking about your romances. Well, so how are we going to close this one out? We're going to close this one out with a big smooch. A okay. big Valentine's smooch. A little bit of PDA on the podcast. But it's personal because we're in the room alone oh yeah and nobody's listening to us absolutely okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) lovey 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 
You can put your shirt back on now. Wait a minute. I have my shirt on. I'll talk to you later. I hope so. I love you, Lois. (laughs) 